Thanks for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. Today, gain a deeper insight into the supernatural power and role of the Holy Spirit. The Archbishop gives experienced biblical understanding to transform and empower your prayer life for results. NDW Ministries is committed to the mandate of strategic prayer and praying for you. Know by faith that this is God's word for you today. Be encouraged as you listen. Wherever you see misunderstanding is a result of lack of understanding. Understanding eradicates misunderstanding. And we want to attempt by the help of the Holy Spirit to bring some kind of clarity and understanding to the use of the supernatural and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So last week we talked about speaking in tongues, tongues of men, tongues of angels, diverse kinds of tongues, and tongues and interpretation. So we want to continue to bring some clarity and understanding because these are things that needs to be addressed as we go forward. And the lack of understanding of these things breeds confusion and a lot of errors and misunderstanding and literally turns people off. It just turns people off from the things of God. And one of the reasons also why we must address some of these issues is if you look at Paul's epistles or letters to the different churches in the New Testament, you realize that the Corinthian church, the church in Corinth, uh, was a church that uh, operated in the gifts of the Spirit than most of the other churches in the other uh, geographical locations in the New Testament. They operated in the gifts of the Spirit than any other church. And yet, with all their gifts and all the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, it was also one church that had so much immorality than all the other churches. Very, very, very interesting and amazing. And there's a reason for that. And it's because gifts are different from fruits. And gifts are different from maturity. And I think where we miss it, and sometimes we, we ignorantly will attack prophets and attack people who operate in the gifts of the Spirit, is because we lack the understanding that the fact that somebody prophesied or the fact that somebody is gifted or the fact that somebody is anointed does not make the person mature. That spiritual maturity has nothing to do with prophesying or having any of the gifts of the Spirit. That you can operate in the gifts of the Spirit without spiritual maturity. So if we are not careful, you begin to judge people according to their gifts. But it is wrong to judge people according to their gifts. We need to judge people according to their fruit. For you shall know them by their fruit. You shall judge them, analyze them, understand who they are by their fruits or by their maturity or character, not by their gifts. And it looks like one of the mistakes we've done when it comes to the charismatic Pentecostal church is that we judge people based on their spiritual gifts and by prophecy. And if we are not careful, we will, at the end of the day, just destroy every, everybody that operates in the supernatural because I've seen people operating in the supernatural gifts, working in all kinds of miracles and things. And you look at their spirituality and it's questionable and yet they have the gift i had a prophet friend of mine the guy was so powerful that he when we are together in his ministry you experience angelic operations angels he was one person whose ministry impacted me a lot in the supernatural very very gifted when it comes to this church in those days, in my father's house, the members of the choir don't rope. They all go and sit at the back. Because when he begins to minister and the word of knowledge begins to operate, he'll begin to pick what is going on in your house and in your life. And start exposing things going on in people's life. So whenever he's in town, a lot of the members of the choir 
done rope. They go and sit at the back. He was so gifted that one time we were in Kensington Town Hall in London, in Kensington, and he walked in. I was a young preacher at that time, and he said, The Lord said he's going to shrink somebody tonight. And I said, Do what? Shrink? Hey, this one is heavy. Shrink somebody. As for today, I will see shrinking anointing. And I was sitting down there talking in my head and he picked me up by the word of knowledge and said there's a young preacher here from Africa you are questioning what I just said and I said oh Holy Spirit thank you you are so real you know that's how we became friends after and he began to minister and then after he called a certain lady she was over 380 pounds you see the woman she couldn't even walk everything was huge brought the woman to the front and said spirit of god fire of god bend the fat bend the fat and the woman began to shrink right there in her eyes i used to have the videotape bishop Wobekai, some videotape we used to play it in church when we were my father's house years ago she shrank lost a lot of pounds before our eyes and i said wow he was very gifted but anytime he came to Ghana to minister. I gave instructions to the administrator and I said, I don't want anybody to see the bill, the hotel bill. I want it to be handled by me. I don't want anybody to see it. And the reason was because even though he was gifted, he was born again, he was a man of God, he used to drink beer, beer, beer. Heavy. And some other things, I won't go into it. But you can drink the beer and other things and come and stand here and you will move in the spirit. You are, you think that Jesus just arrived. And after he goes to his hotel, you drink the beer. And he was my friend. Very gifted. But those aspects had nothing to do with his gift. That is his own struggle and carnality. So if we are not careful, you go around condemning every prophet or anyone that prophesies or anyone that operates in the gifts of the Spirit in town. Because somebody can be operating in the gifts of the Spirit and it doesn't mean the person is mature and it, that is not also a sign of spirituality. I had this friend of mine in Nigeria years ago. He was a businessman in the church. He wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit and he was, he had prayed nobody could get him baptized in the spirit until we became friends and the day i prayed for him for the baptism of the holy spirit especially those of you who are not baptized in the holy spirit you don't speak in tongues can you give me a wave offering quickly give me a wave offering a wave offering a wave offering okay we need to make time to help you the best person who can help you is bishop Nyako. yeah if you need the baptism of the holy spirit the person who can teach you pray for you and you get it immediately is that man sitting there bishop Nyako. He's the best I've seen so far. Over the years, he's the best I've seen. So Bishop, please work, work out a program for all those who need the baptism of the Holy Spirit so Bishop can help them. So anyway, I prayed for him. He's a businessman. He wasn't an elder, a deacon, pastor, nothing. So I prayed for the baptism of the Spirit. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues, prophesied the same day. And everything he prophesied about came to pass. He was not a pastor, he wasn't a prophet, he wasn't an elder, he wasn't a deacon, he wasn't a deaconess, he was just a businessman in the church. And he had a lot of issues. So the fact that he spoke in tongues and prophesied didn't make him spiritually mature. That had nothing to do with spiritual, it's a gift. By the laying off of hands, the Bible says, stirring up the gift of God in you which you receive by the laying off of hands of the elders, not by spiritual maturity or growth. The Bible said that Joshua had wisdom because Moses laid hands upon him. So you can receive gifts by impartation and by laying off of hands, and yet you are not spiritual. And yet you are a spiritual being. That's why the church of Corinth Operated in all the gifts of the spirit, the fivefold ministry gifts, the power gifts, the vocal gifts, 
the revelational gifts, the gifts that say something, the gifts that reveal something, the gifts that do something, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, descending of spirit, revelational gifts, workings of miracles, gifts of healing, the gift of faith, power gifts, the gifts that do something, tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy, the gifts that say something. They operated in all the nine gifts and yet people were sleeping with their mothers, with their father's wives. All kinds of crazy things was happening there. They were fighting over the anointing, uh, what do you call it, the communion wine. They would come there and drink and be booze and still prophesy. So you have to understand that spirituality has nothing to do with gifts. You know, I remember in those days when we began, there are people, that, this was the order of the day of spiritual people in those days. My children, my children, my children, my children, say the Lord, say the Lord, I'm the Lord, I'm the Lord. <laughs> my children, <laughs> my children, my children, my children, my children, my children, listen to me. My children, that's here's the Lord. That's here. <laughs> what is that? I'm the winner. It's all foolishness. You are scaring us, threatening us. Trying to prove that you are spiritual. <laughs> Shaking your head. There is nothing in it. That is not spirituality. And if we don't explain some of these things, people will be attacking the supernatural because you see, bearing fruit is hard and difficult than operating in the gifts. You can put fruit on a Christmas tree, but to bear fruit takes process and time and growth. So everybody can be gifted. Everybody can prophesy. But when it comes to maturity and bearing fruits and spiritual growth, it's a process. So don't live here judging and attacking prophets. Judging and attacking people who prophesy or people who move in the gifts of the spirit. If you do that, you will miss God. This friend of mine, he was so gifted. A lot of things he prophesied in those days to me. I mean, target, spot on. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, descending of spirit. It was not a joke. But I knew he had a personal challenge. And, and I didn't talk to him about it because he has a way of explaining some things. You know, he can explain, and he was a teacher of the word too. And, but I knew he was working in error because he could explain be not drunk in wine in excess. And he said, it's not in excess. It's all about self-control. He can explain the scripture pa, 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 and defend what he was doing. And he was my friend. Amen. After a while, I started drinking wines once more. Because we used to fly. And I realized that the things he was saying was making sense. So me too, I would be drinking the wine every now and then. Then after a certain glass of wine, I began to see men like trees walking. Then I realized that, hey, Charlie, this is not for me. Oh. Why are you looking at me that way? I'm telling you reality. Put your hands together. Give God praise. He was so gifted and his, his gift eh, made him so powerful. You know? And then there was a time he prophesied something and I disagreed with him. And we'll come to that. And I told him, as for this one, I don't accept it. I don't accept it. So me and him, we stopped working for some time because he, he insisted on the prophecy that this is it. And me too, I said, I disagree with you. So we stopped being friends for many years and then we came back again. I'm saying this to establish a fact that the fact that somebody prophesies or somebody moves in any of the gifts of the spirit does not make him better than you and more anointed than you, and you must not be afraid of the person. You must never develop this fear 
that hey, this person is so gifted, he prophesies and it comes to pass. So if I'm not careful, he can use his gift to curse me or he can use his gift. He cannot. The gift is for the benefit of the brethren. It's for the benefit of the church. It's not to kill, to steal, to destroy or to hurt others. And it doesn't matter how gifted you are. If you have an issue with somebody, you can't deploy your gift against the person. No. The gift is not yours. It's God's gifts. So God hasn't given us gifts to use it against others. It's to be used against the enemy and not against the brethren. So we must never have fear of anybody but God. Put your hands together. Give God praise. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another descending of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. You see how you see the other diverse kinds of tongues. We talked about the tongues of men, the tongues of angels, and the next thing after the diverse kinds of tongues is interpretation of tongues. So these diverse kinds of tongues is different from our usual tongues, which is our personal spiritual language we all speak in as a proof and a sign. That you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. So you have to separate the two. Because if you don't understand the content of the text. You will take it out of context. And, this, and, and go around like uh, some people say that tongues have ceased after the last apostle. No, it's not true. Tongues have not ceased. It's still part of the order of the church of Jesus Christ today. It is part of our worship. It's part of the church of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 30. Have all the gifts of healing. Mm -hmm. Do all speak with tongues. Mm -hmm. Do all interpret. You see, so this one is still talking about diverse kinds of tongues. He said, are you all healers or do you all have the gifts of healing? Then do you all speak in tongues? So this particular tongue, if you look at, do you all interpret has to do with tongues and interpretation is the tongue that carries a prophetic message to the church so keep that in mind okay first corinthians 14 13 to 15. <clears throat> wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret mm -hmm. for if i pray in an unknown tongue my spirit prayeth, mm -hmm. but my understanding is unfruitful mm -hmm. <clears throat> what is it then <clears throat> i will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will, sing, I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. So there was a particular situation that was going on in the church of Corinth in those days. <clears throat> and so Paul has to write letters to address some of the situation. For instance, I, I, I have a guy. I've known him for many years. He's also a friend of Bishop Nyako. Anytime he comes to me and uh, uh, he leads in prayer... All he does, when we say, but why don't you lead us in prayer? He'll begin to pray in tongues. And his tongues are very heavy. It's like God has come down. Amen. And I said, so what have you prayed? I asked him, my friend, what prayer was that? Interpret it. So what Paul is saying here is, you are, maybe there's a wedding or a wedding reception, a dinner, or you are invited to a family meeting or some dedication, something, and you are asked to come and lead in prayer and pray for the occasion, opening prayer. Then you come and stand there and you start blasting in tongues. When you finish blasting the tongues, you have to give interpretation to what you said. Because we don't understand what you said. So instead of praying in tongues, pray with understanding so we will all understand what you prayed about. So there was excesses going on and misuse of the gift where people were just all over the place blasting in tongues. And so it's creating a lot of confusion. So Paul had to write letters to address the situation and bring order and clarity that you don't just go around, we are in service right now and then somebody begin to pray in tongues here. Then somebody begins to pray in tongues there. Somebody begins to pray in tongues. Then another person begins to pray. Then somebody, it's confusion. 
But if somebody begins to pray in tongues here, and the thing is heavy on the person and he carries a message, everybody should be quiet. Let's listen. After, one with the interpretation of tongues should interpret it. If nobody comes up with the position of tongues, then the person that prayed that tongue must himself develop the faith to be able to step out and give the interpretation of the tongues. If not, you have to stop praying the tongues and sit down. But in some situations, the person who prays in the tongues, nobody stands to give the interpretation. He or she doesn't also have the gift of interpretation, but will keep on praying the tongues. Hey! And nobody is bringing interpretation. Then they'll start again. You are holiness at ransom. Leave us alone. If nobody interprets it, you can interpret it. Keep quiet. Keep it to yourself. Go ahead. Um, then he said, I will pray with the spirit. So when you pray in tongues, it's not the Holy Ghost praying. Because most times when people pray in tongues, they say, the Holy Ghost is praying. The Holy Ghost. The Ho it's not the Holy Ghost. It's your spirit praying. The, your spirit is praying. The Holy Spirit gives your spirit a trance. And it is your spirit that prays. And when you pray in tongues, your mind is unfruitful because tongues here when you pray, whether the tongues of men or the tongues of angels or your personal tongues for edification and exaltation, the mind, the natural mind is not allowed to understand it except you pray for interpretation of tongues. Like years ago, I was in Atlanta, Georgia at a conference and I had this strong bedding. Then the spirit spoke to me to go to my hotel and pray. And I didn't understand why I should leave the service and go pray. But the burden was heavy on me. The weight, it was strong, like something was pulling me. So I went to the hotel. I didn't know what to pray for. So I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. As I began to pray in tongues after a while, I had clarity and understanding what I was praying about. So I called my sister's husband. And I said, Maurice, what's going on with my sister and said, how did you know? And I said, just tell me what is it? And he said, it doesn't look good this time around. Now, I immediately I understood what was going on because the spirit brought something to my remembrance. I remember that when we were kids, my mom and my sister, this particular sister, they used to fight a lot. And anytime and you young generation, be very careful when it comes to how you deal with your father and your mother, be very, very careful. My sister used to have issues with my mom, and my mom did have some issues with her. And they would be arguing, and then my sister would walk off. Then I'll hear my mom say things like that, walk off on me, walk off. But one day when you go to deliver and give birth to your children, you will know what it means to be a mother. So keep disrespecting me. When my sister married, and she started having babies, all her delivery, all her delivery, was caesarean. They have to cut her with knife. Every one of them. This particular delivery was the last one and it was very difficult. Too many complications about it. So when I was told what it was, I called my mom and I said, Mom, I want you to do me a favor. And she said, what? And I said, you remember when we were growing up, anytime you had issues with your daughter, you would say this and say that those words are curses. And said, but I never curse her. I said, no, no, I don't say you curse her. But those words you spoke out of pain, those words you spoke out of grief and out of provocation by her actions and attitude, the implications of those words is a result of the caesarean she's been having when she goes to have babies. So I need you to do so. I said, what do you want me to do? I said, tell the devil this is between me and my daughter and annul the consequence and implications of your pronouncement and your words as a mother over here. And rebuke every spirit of affliction that has taken advantage of your pronouncement and your words against your daughter. Rebuke that spirit and revoke the implications thereof. So after a while I called her, she said, I've done it. For the first time, she had her baby without caesarean, natural birth. Now, according According to the doctors, uh, if there's a doctor here, I'm told that if you begin having your babies with caesarean, 
you got to do it throughout. So I don't know how he broke that law. But one thing I want to establish here was that there was a cause and a reason for the caesarean. It wasn't just a struggle to have a baby. There was something that gave the enemy the right. There was a technicality and a legality that was working against her and that the enemy was deploying to afflict her. Lift up your hands. Say in the name of Jesus. Any technicality, any legality that is being used against me as a result of an error, as a result of sins of omissions, sins of commissions, as a result of me provoking my father, my mother, or anyone with authority over me, related authority, husband or wife, father or mother, brother or sister, say in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I negate, I negate, I cancel, cancel the effect, the implications, the consequence of any spoken words, any curse words that are giving the enemy the audacity to afflict me, to torture me, to buffet me, to exert on me, to afflict me, my wife, my husband, my children, my loved one, the, my health, the works of my hand. I break the power of it from the throne room perspective by the blood of Jesus right now. Pray that prayer. Amen. Say in the name of Jesus, I deny any spirit of affliction and infirmity, the power to exert on me, to afflict me and my family and my loved ones, my sons and daughters, home and abroad. I strip and deny you of the power to afflict, to exert upon, to torture us, be rebuked in the name of Jesus. Say, I terminate any beast, any beast at work behind the scenes against me, my family, this house, and my nation by a technicality, by a legality, on the account of the blood of Jesus. I dismiss it. Put your hand, dismiss it. Dismiss it. Dismiss it. Dismiss it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, when it comes to fathers and mothers, related authority, like husband and wife, or your teachers, there are people who have failed in subjects in school because your teacher told you you will never make it in that subject. And it's a form of a curse. It puts a limitations on you because of related authority. If you look at when Jacob left, with his wives and children, the father-in-law pursued him. And the Lord warned him, neither speak evil or good to him. When he went to Jacob, he accused Jacob for stealing his gods, his Ouija boards. Jacob said, I'm innocent about it. The daughter Rachel, the woman Jacob loved, was sitting on the father's idols or Ouija board. The father didn't know about it. She was pregnant. And Jacob did not know that the daughter stole her father's Ouija board. When Jacob couldn't find it after searching the whole tent, and when uh, the father-in-law couldn't find it, he went to Jacob after searching the whole tent. And Jacob said, let the one who stole or took your Ouija board die. He didn't know that it was the wife that took it. And the Bible said when she, was, when she went into labor to deliver, as the child was coming, her soul began to depart from her. And while the soul was departing, she placed an imposition on the child that was coming out. And she called the name of the, ch the child Benoni, sorrow. And when Jacob, being a spiritual father, heard the name and understood the meaning of the name, immediately he made a counter declaration and said, no, his name shall not be called Benoni. But his name shall be called Benjamin, 
the son of the strength of my right hand. And she died. She died because the husband cursed her and not knowing that she cursed her. He pronounced the sentence of death on his own wife by saying, let the one that took the Ouija board die. That was the sentence of death. Say in the name of Jesus. I repeal. I can't hear you. Say I repeal. On the account of the blood of Jesus. Any sentence of death over my life my sons and my daughters, my loved ones, this house and ministry, in the name of Jesus, by provocation, by manipulation, by error, by ignorance, by sins of omissions and commissions, by the blood of Jesus, let it be repealed right now. Put your hands and say, I repeal it. I repeal. I repeal every sentence of death. In the name of Jesus, I repeal it now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you have to be very, very careful because in life, your father's words, your mother, related authority, your teachers, husband or wives can have serious implications on you. And you have to be sensitive to these things. And I thank God that the next gen are here to hear me. It's very, very important that you are careful that you don't provoke your father and you don't provoke your mother and wives don't provoke your husband. Don't fight them. Your assignment in his life is not to be a challenger, to rebuke him and to correct him. Your job is to submit to the Lord through him. And if he's not listening, don't worry yourself. Go to his head. For Christ is the head of the man. The head, the, the man is the head of the wife. So if he's not listening, don't argue with him. Just go to his head. Appeal to his head. His head will deal with him well, well. And that is spirituality. Trying to argue with him and trying to challenge him and trying to get him to listen to him is not going to help. You rather provoke him, make him angry. And the fact of the matter is that authority was given to the man. Everything else was given to the woman. But the authority was given to the man. So he has the authority. He can rebel. He can choose to do the wrong thing just because you have decided to challenge him. He will prove to you that he has the authority. And at the end of the day, it will hurt him, hurt you, hurt the children, hurt the whole family. So there's no need to engage him. Don't engage him. Leave him alone. Just go above him to his head and say, Boss, you are the head of this boss you put over me. He's misbehaving. Please, can you fix him for me? Please, fix this man. Show him you are the real boss and not him. Simple. God will deal with him well, well. And next time when you speak, he will listen. As soon as God begins to... But we don't have the patience. We don't have the patience. We just want to fix it. <clears throat> don't do that. Amen? Okay, First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18 and 19. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice, that by my voice, I might teach others also, than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. You see, so this was what was happening. People will be called to lead prayer or, <clears throat> or to do closing prayer, opening prayer, or pray for marriages, wedding, kids. And instead of them to pray five words of understanding, they'll come and stand there and speak thousands of tongues without any understanding. And it was creating a lot of confusion. And, and you see, people love, people love attention and people love becoming very important and relevant. And you see, people thrive on people's ignorance. I'm telling you, the other day, this guy came to see me. I've known him for many, 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 over 40 years. And he came and when he was living, so, uh, Papa, can I pray? And I said, oh, yeah, I pray. And he just knelt down and spoke in tongues. Then after he finished speaking in tongues, he said, Amen. And I said, what, what did you just do? You, you edified yourself. I said, the tongues you prayed in, I didn't understand what you were praying. Did you understand what you said? He said, no. And I said, so what did you pray about? I said, pray with understanding so I can say Amen. I don't know what you just prayed. If you were praying to curse me, I'm not going to say Amen. Yeah, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to agree with your prayers. 
So all that is unnecessary spirituality. And people who don't understand spirituality and the things of God will just say that, hey, Charlie, this person is not a Jogo. Very, very powerful. But all those things is nothing. Prophesying, speaking in tongues, seeing revelation, all that don't make you spiritually mature. I'm just telling you. The most, hear me tell, let me tell you something. The, the most spiritual mature person among us here is Bishop Nyako. I'm telling you. He's the most spiritual mature person among us. And he doesn't make noise. He doesn't talk. All money don't make noise. You see barrels that are full of water. When you push it, it doesn't make noise. Empty barrels. People who make too much noise don't really carry anything. I'm telling you. Have you heard Bishop Nyaku's tongues? You should hear his tongues. I pray with him a lot. He prays some very deep tongues, and he doesn't shy, doesn't do giddy, 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 giddy. It's just simple, quiet, and the thing flows, flows, and lifts, and lifts, and lifts, and lifts. So stop, stop threatening us, leave us alone. So Paul said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. But if I'm in public like this and I have opportunity to pray, I'll rather speak in five words where people understand what I say than to hold everybody and speak in tongues. Ah, that doesn't also mean that we can't pray in tongues together with everybody. Lift up your hands. Everybody, lift up. Begin to pray in the spirit right now. In mola maraya kian, sura la mama kumbele dosi fala dosi, iko la marandondo libiri angele ya, ezola mama ndubusi. Stop there. I want somebody to stand here. I want one person stand. Anybody stand? Who can pray in tongues? You pray in tongues? So stand. I want another person who pray in tongues. Stand here. Somebody to hear. Stand. Print. Who can pray in tongues? Somebody here. Everybody, start praying in tongues. The four of you, start praying in tongues. Yeah, lift up your hand. Just pray in tongues. Fire. Uh -huh. Start fire. Scream. Speak. Shout. So, what are they doing? Hello? They are edifying themselves and they are confusing us. What did this man say? Why did this man say? What did this man say? And as we go out, you see the Bible said, let one or two pray in tongues. That means after him, let somebody interpret, then he can also come. Then somebody interpret, then he comes, then he comes. So we understand what they are saying. Instead of everybody just stand praying in tongues, why the others don't know what they are praying about? Sit down. All right. 1 Corinthians 14, 21 to 22. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. Uh -huh. And yet for all that will they not hear me, fear mm -hmm. the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, mm -hmm. but to them that believe not. So and prophesying, mm -hmm. serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. So when we prophesy, we bring edification and comfort, clarity and exaltation to the church. But when we prophesy, it's a sign to the unbeliever that these people are unique, they are different from us, and there is something special about these people, different from us. It's a sign to the unbeliever. But go to Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. For with stammering lips mm -hmm. and another tongue will he speak to this people, mm -hmm. to whom he said, this is a rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, mm -hmm. and this is a refreshing, yet they would not hear. 
one of the keys to dealing with weariness and fatigue weariness and fatigue one of the keys to dealing with weariness and fatigue is praying in tongues but we won't do it we will do everything but we will not pray in the spirit but if you look at first corinthians 14 and 4 he said when i pray in an unknown tongues i edify my spirit or i renew or refresh my spirit so praying in other tongues will refresh your human spirit and it's very very important that we understand that so paul was quoting from isaiah 28 11 and 12 that scripture we just read that is where it came from just to confirm and to help you to understand that praying the spirit will bring refreshing to the weary soul or to the weariness and one of the major weapons that satan is using in the end time against the church is the spirit of battle weariness to weary you mentally emotionally and physically to so weary you to a point where you become fatigued now if you look at one of the wisest men that ever lived Solomon's grandfather this is what his great-grandfather by the name of Ahitophel Solomon's mother's father, uh, grandfather this is what he said he said to Absalom give me 12,000 men tonight I'll go after your father David when he is weary and weak-handed. I will come on him with 12,000 men. I will make him afraid and all his men will run and leave him and I'll strike him alone. But watch this. Even with 12,000 men, he said, when he is weary, he will be weak-handed. Even that, I have to make him afraid. Three, I have to get everyone around him to leave him. Then I can strike him with 12,000 men. So, one of the ways the enemy gets to you and I is weariness. Where you, we faint, we become weary, weak-handed, then he gets us. I want us to arrest the spirit of weariness right now. Let's come against every spirit of weariness. A lot of you are weary. You are weary of praying. You are weary of fasting. You are weary of studying the word. You are weary of coming to church. You are just weary. You are tired. And... Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 is one of the major weapons of the end time that the devil will use against the church of Jesus Christ to get the church to become weary of everything. Right now in the name of Jesus, we arrest the spirit of weariness. Put your hands together. Attack every spirit of weariness. Bind the spirit of weariness. Don't just sit there and listen. Get involved. Spirit of weariness, be a curse. Spirit of weariness, be bound spirit of weariness be terminated we terminate the spirit of weariness assigned to attack the church to weary us to cause us to be weak-handed and to faint we bind you in the name of jesus be bound be rebuked break the power of the spirit of weariness in the name of jesus amen hallelujah so it's very very important uh, for you to appreciate and understand that when we pray in the spirit is one of the ways we revive our spirit and it brings about refreshing come with me to first corinthians 14 from 27 to 29 first corinthians 14 27 to 29 if any man speak in an unknown tongue let it be by two or uh -huh. at the most by three uh -huh. and that by cause and let one interpret. Uh -huh. But if there be no interpret, by cause, by a reason. So this is not our prayer language. This is not the tongues we speak for personal refreshing and edification. This one is a tongue with a message. By cause, by reason. So this particular tongue is diverse kinds of tongues, and it must come forth with interpretation of tongues. Go ahead. But if there be no interpreter, mm -hmm. let him keep silence in the church yeah. and let him speak to himself and to God. That's it. So if nobody interprets it and you haven't developed the gifts of interpretation of tongue, then just edify yourself and speak to God and don't disturb the church. Leave us alone. Let Go the ahead. prophet speak two uh -huh. or three mm -hmm. and let the other judge. You see? So here, he said, let the prophet speak two or three let the others judge what does it mean to judge let the others weigh 
and examine what is being said. So the fact that prophecy has come or somebody prophesies something does not mean that you are bound to it and you must be held to it. And just because somebody prophesied and said something, it must happen by all means and you are subject to somebody's prophecy. No, 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 no. Prophecies are message from God. So if you look at King Ezekiah, when Isaiah told him, that says the Lord, set your house in order you will die, he didn't tell the prophet to pray for him. He went to God himself based on his relationship with God. And he said to God, I've received the message, but I'm not ready to go now. And nobody, he said, the dead does not praise you in the grave. So he bargained and reasoned with God. And God told the prophet, that was, that was the order of those days. God spoke again to the prophet instead of speaking to the king because of the protocol in which things happened on those, in those times and in their dispensation. In our dispensation, he speaks to us through our spirit. For the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So God enlightens us through our spirit. So he spoke to the prophet and said, go back to the king and tell him, I've added 50 more years to his years. But it wasn't the prayers of the prophet that changed the course of history and changed the prophecy. It was King Hezekiah's prayers and relationship with God that changed the prophecy. So he said, let two or three prophesy let the others examine the prophecy so we have the right to examine and to judge prophecy so just because somebody prophesies something does not mean it's ditto 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 and you must not entertain fear and start trembling and say hey, hey, did you hear what he said have you heard you see just entertaining that fear alone gives the enemy power to enforce it you have the right to examine the prophecy in the light of scripture and also in the light of the witness of your human spirit. Some guy came to prophesy to me some time ago in my office and it was some fearful prophecy. So I said in the name of the Lord Jesus, I return the same prophecy to you and I superimpose the same prophecy. It will come on you in the name of... He said, no, 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 no. I said, eh... You don't want it, but I'm the one who deserves it. So I said to him that, you, are you okay? You think that I deserve to hear? And, and you see, one of the things you must understand about revelations and prophecy is this. Sometimes the person prophesying is just declaring what they are seeing in the realms of the spirit. Now, it could be that they are seeing something which is not coming from God, but is from the womb of the enemy, is something that the enemy wish or has imagined or has projected against that is in the realms of the spirit. So three, four, five people can see the same negative things about you, but it doesn't mean it's coming from God. It means that that is the projection. Let me show you something. Go to Psalm 41 verse 5. Look at Psalm 41 verse 5. Yeah. My enemies speak evil of me. When mm -hmm. shall he die and mm -hmm. his name perish? So if you have people who don't like you with a negative energy or a negative current and they are all speaking ill of you, we call it ill wills. They are speaking ill of you and they are imagining and wishing death on you. That projection, those ill will that ill will and imagination can go into the realm of the spirit so anybody who has ability to see into the realm of the spirit can see that in the spirit realm there is a dead wish there is a projection of death where you are concerned it does not mean it's coming from god and it can come from three or four or five people until you dismiss what exists in the spirit and has been programmed against you by people with negative energy powers or current that thing can still exist in the spirit and anytime anyone sensitive who has the gifts of revelation any of the gifts of revelation word of knowledge word of wisdom or descent of spirit 
taps into the spirit, they can see that thing existing. But it doesn't mean it's coming from God. It means that that is what the enemy wants for you. So we call it ill wills, projection, demonic programmings in the womb of time or in the womb of the enemy. It needs to be intercepted. It needs to be aborted. You need to reverse. You need to override, overturn. It needs to be accursed. Now go to Isaiah chapter 7, 5 to 7. Isaiah 7, 5 to 7. We'll look at something. Uh-huh. Because, because Syria, Syria Ephraim, uh-huh. and the son of Ram Remalia mm -hmm. have taken evil counsel against thee, saying, mm -hmm. Let us go up against Judah and vex it, and let us make a bridge therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it, mm -hmm. even the son of Tabiel. Mm -hmm. Thus saith the Lord, It shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. So if you look at this scripture, it's telling you about the imagination, the decision the ill will, the desire of the enemy concerning Judah. And the Lord said, this is what they have intended against you, but it shall not stand. Neither shall it come to pass. Are you hearing me? Go, go to Psalm 21 verse 11. Look at something. Psalm 21 verse 11, quickly. Mm -hmm. For they intended... For they intended evil against thee. They uh -huh. imagined a mischievous device uh -huh. which they are not able to perform. You see, so, they, they, so if you see negative things, you see, this is where we have to judge very carefully because if we are not careful, we will be calling every prophet evil and bad and judge and insult them. But you have to know how to judge these things because many a times you see a good prophet who is gifted from God, keep on seeing something negative. It doesn't mean it's coming from God. The person is just seeing something in the spirit and he's just telling you what he's saying. It means that it is something that must be addressed, that must be confronted, that must be dealt with. And until it is dealt with, it will keep coming up because that is what is, for instance, let's say for instance, you are wanted by Interpol. You are wanted and they put your name into computer anybody that anytime you arrive at any airport or you go to a hotel they are looking for you you put your credit card number name as soon as they they put your name into the system the system will bring you up anybody who can access the system as soon as they put your name no the information about you will come up a red light will come and say hey this one is wanted it's the same thing in the spirit. All truth is parallel. So if there is an evil plot or a mischief or an imagination, something to hurt you or to hurt your family and it keeps coming up, it's an indication that it hasn't been dealt with. So it's still pending. So what you have to do is to keep hitting, keep confronting it, counter it with the word of the Lord until... It doesn't come anymore. And until you have a note of victory in your spirit, as soon as you have a note of victory in your spirit, it doesn't matter who brings it up, you can ignore it because you've addressed it, you've dealt with it. Look at, go to Jeremiah eleven nineteen, Jeremiah eleven nineteen, Jeremiah eleven nineteen. Mm-hmm. But, but, I I was will, like a lamb. but I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. Uh -huh. And I knew not that uh -huh. they had devised devices against me. You see, say devices, say devices. They have the devices against me. So people are plotting. If you think that everybody likes you, you are, you are naivete. If you think everybody likes you, you are joking. And if you think everybody is happy for you in life, you are joking. There are people who don't like you. They want to afflict you. They want you to cry. They want you to hurt. They want you to be in pain. But in the name of Jesus, let their devices boomerang. Let their devices be aborted. Let their devices be intercepted. Let their devices be accursed, 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 bound, overturned, aborted, overthrown. In the name of Jesus, put your hands together, abort, abort, abort devices.
Amen. Quickly. Go ahead, Bishop. Look at it. Uh-huh. They devised uh -huh. people. They had devised devices against me saying, uh -huh. let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof. You see, the tree here stands for life. My people are as a tree. So the tree here, whenever you see a tree in your dreams, and it's like the tree is cut down, that is a human life they've cut off. Sometimes they can turn people into they, they can project somebody into a form of a sheep or a cow to be slaughtered. So that is a point of contact. They are using that cow or sheep to represent a human life and speaking and doing rituals on that sheep or on that cow saying that as this sheep is slaughtered, so let the life of so so and so be so. In the name of Jesus, let it backfire. Let the opposite occur. Let it boomerang in the name of Jesus Christ. Say amen. You see? So go ahead. Go ahead. And let us cut him off from uh -huh. the land of the living. Let them, you see, there are people who don't want you to leave. There are people who wish and want you cut off from the land of the living. It's a very serious thing I'm telling you. So when we call for prayer meeting, we call for Wednesday service, we call for Friday prayer encounter, and some of you don't come because you are busy for whatever reason I feel very sad because listen the enemy is not playing he's not playing this war in Ukraine and in Europe it just didn't happen overnight the science was on the wall the science has been on the wall for some time now and if you study history careful you will see the signs on the wall but for whatever reason people become very complacent and people get to a point where they lose the appetite to fight and they are so much into themselves and secure that they ignore the interest of others. That's why we must wake up for Ghana here, this country. Because there are signs on the wall. There are signs. There, there's a parable in tree that ensure There are some winds that are blowing in this country. And there are signs on the wall. And for whatever reason, it looks like we are ignoring it. We're not paying attention. But I pray that we will not ignore the signs. I pray that the church and our political leaders shall not ignore the signs. I pray that we will rise to the occasion and we will reverse the signs on the wall because things don't just happen. Hear me? Before they happen in the natural, it has already taken place in the spirit. I'm telling you. But we have been desensitized. The enemy has succeeded to veil us and to desensitize us that we are seeing the signs on the wall and yet we are bluffing. We are daring the signs and ignoring the signs. The Bible says, beware. When they say peace, peace, then cometh sudden distraction like a woman in travail. Don't be fooled. Ghana, we haven't seen war before. Ask Celerians and Liberians. Ask people from Ethiopia and other countries of Africa. They will tell you what war is like. What we saw in 1979 and in 81 is not war. And I pray that we will never see war within our walls. Because you don't know what war is. You don't know. And I pray that our leaders and our security forces that nobody will provoke that nobody will do anything or say anything that shall cause an event to happen in this country that will take the clock of Ghana back and will compromise our national security let it not happen in the name of Jesus we must not ignore the signs what is happening in Ukraine is a wake up call to the world, to Africa, and to the leaders of Africa, that you're on your own. You think you are French, you don't have any friends, you're on your own. And we must never compromise our security and our peace. We must never bluff and ignore the signs. They are written loud and clear. And never think that power and security 
and money is everything. They have their expiry dates. It's a matter of time. Things happen. May we not ignore the signs on the wall. A wind is blowing. We need to pray for our, ju our judiciary. We need to pray for the Supreme Court, Court of Appeal, our High Court, our security agents, the army, the armed forces. We need to pray for the government of the day. We need to pray for the opposition. We need to pray that nothing will compromise the national security or peace of Ghana. And that nothing, no event will turn the clock of Ghana back under any circumstances. We are so blessed to have you listening with us on the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams podcast today. Our ministry exists to equip and empower God's people with the transformational power of apostolic prayer and deliverance. You can partner with us by bringing the revival of prayer to our global community and sowing a seed, renewing your mind through our books, or increasing your knowledge through our online school of ministries. Access all our resources at www.ndwministries.org. Know today that we are partnering with you in daily prayer for daily triumph. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to you joining next week. Give him your love. He's in love with us.